Hello and welcome back to Eventide Radio. This is a fan-made Destiny podcast where we have roundtable discussions about a variety of different topics considering the popular video game franchise. At its core, this show is about having in-depth discussions about the game from a variety of different perspectives. I'm your host, Scotty, and with me are co-hosts Rob and Robbie. To preview our topics hey. for today, we're going to talk um, Season of the Lost, we're talking Shattered Realm, we're talking the new Deadeye title, we're talking a new story, we're talking weapon perks, all sorts of stuff concerning the, uh, the new season. And then we're going to go back to the Witch Queen reveal as well. And we're going to talk about some, some things uh, concerning that. So, um, Rob, what have you been up to this week in Destiny? Uh, I think same as everyone else, just trying to do the pinnacle grind. <clears throat> trying to get some of the new exotics. And uh, playing around with some of the new weapons and, and uh, some of the new perks. So, uh, excite- it's always exciting when a new season drops and kind of, you know, what is there to explore? Uh, what do you need to start grinding? uh and and having some fun trying to you know level things up so just just enjoying it cool sounds good robbie you uh you also on the pinnacle grind i hear yeah more like the powerful grind the past couple of days but uh <laughs> successfully got my warlock to 1329 and i still have you know 14 pinnacles left on it so i'm uh, if i'm lucky i'll get it i'll get it either today or tomorrow yeah i was cool. also lucky with those new uh, exotics I guess, you know, some people were calling it my streamer lock because I got two of them on the first try. And then the last one, the Titans, I, I, I took me 10, 10 runs of the Lost Sector. But I don't know if uh, you guys want to talk about that, but I'm a bit sad that they're already disabled. Anyway. Were you doing uh, Master or Legend? Oh, I did Legend, but I did it like okay. you know, last week. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, so actually I kind of wanted to bring this up because I, I wasn't sure and I didn't, I never know exactly where to check for some of these things. I don't know if the lost sectors are bugged or something because I did at least 10 master last night and didn't get a single exotic and they were all platinum rewards. Um, So that felt pretty bad. And after a while, I kind of felt like an idiot because I wasn't sure if I remember reading that they were bugged and they weren't dropping. Um, But uh, yeah, I I had a kind of a dry spell last night that put me in a bad mood. I think Um, that happens to everyone. Honestly, yeah. my best advice for people going for those things is, yeah, doing do them like not every day or every right. other day. Like keep it for a while, and then actually the game will somehow reward you for not playing. So be like, oh, you're back here, have a shiny. <laughs> because usually when you don't do them like ever, almost uh, during the season, then you do them one time at the beginning of the season, and you get the exotic like me like first try. But then on my third character, it took me 10 tries. But I remember last season, for example, I wanted to get that uh, Curse of the Falling Star for my Titan. Right. It took me like about 10 hours in, in, in the span of two or three days to actually get the chest piece because I, I missed so many of them because I just made my Titan last season. Ah. So I, I got all of them uh, before I got the, the one I wanted. So I ended up getting all the, all the chest pieces for the Titan in, in those days. But the one I wanted, you know, took forever. But yeah, I think uh, the more you do them, the the you know it kind of spans it out and and gives you less rewards uh, for each run. So I would say just stay off of it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always hard though when you're like you just want to get it done. But yeah, I I agree. Probably just need to not play so paranoid into it. I just I've never had to do that many masters uh, to get one. Usually it's like two or three at the most. And I yeah, I did like. Yeah at least eight or 10 last night. And I was like, what is going on? Cause I, I did get the, the, it wasn't a complete wash. I did get the, um, 
um, Telesto Catalyst. So I was oh, excited nice. about that. But yeah, I just was like, I and I had got a lot of the mods that I didn't have. So I guess maybe that was the reward. Um, but it still feels bad after like doing that many because you know you're you're sweating your butt off quite a bit when doing some of those those lost sectors. So, mm. well, the Telesto Catalyst is like a three percent chance to drop. So yeah, exactly. So, uh, you, Scotty, you always... what have you been doing? What have I been doing? I've not been on the uh, Power Grand at all. I have actually, so I caught up with Season of the Lost and everything. And then I dabbled in comp a little bit. Because oh. my Plug 1 has been untouched with a Fusion Rifle nerf because it's adaptive. And it's still insanely good. And Volpecula is really fun, or however you pronounce that. I have What's a the... Killing Wind Harmony on it. Oh, on your Volpecula? Yeah. What about what's on, what's on your plug one? Under pressure kickstart. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's that is really good. good. It's really good. It's I mean, it's to the point where, you know, I shouldn't be able to do some of this stuff in this game. Yeah. Like it's actually like borderline unfair. I mean, I know we've <laughs> talked about it on the podcast before, but like the special <laughs> economy, special ammo economy is still stupid. <laughs> the the fact that I'm able to do some of this stuff is is Yep. Just ridiculous. Yep. Anyways, season of the lost. So it um, continued. We got caught up. New Shattered Realm stuff. New boss as well in the, um, what should we call it? Astral alignment activity. Anyways, Shattered Realm. The new one is set in the Tangled Shore, and there's some interesting stuff that happened. Um, some people have pointed out that the Scorn and the Taken were actually using stasis. Oh, if you guys got yep. that. So that was new. And... We got a new ability at the very end of it called, uh, was it True Sight, correct? True Sight, yeah. Okay. So, and as well as the new story updates and whatnot. So, um, Robbie, do you have any gut reactions to the new Shadow Realm activity? Anything that uh, stood out to you at all? Yeah, Thunder Crash everywhere. Just Thunder Crash places. It's fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> you get to see so many things that you were not supposed to see. Uh, like there was even one of the like flying you know islands uh, somewhere around there that I guess you needed true sight to get to, but uh, you could also just thunder crash into it. Same with some of the platforming that uh, you you can't jump or move. If you are able to thunder crash into some of them, you can open chests and get things that you're not supposed to get ah, yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the true side was funny because, like, I was expecting it to be a bit different. There, there's these rocks that have, like, stars in them. I don't know. You can shoot them and they show us immune. So I thought those would become, like, transparent or, you know, like, you could pass through them or something with true side. Uh, but no, it was actually, like, the platforms, kind of what you do get when you drink... Queen's the foil, right? Tincture. Yeah, that, that, yeah. yeah. That, that. So actually, that's one thing that we did uh, on the first week, just uh, drink the tincture and, uh, and see if there was some, something around, which of course there wasn't, because uh, instead of tincture, they have this uh, true sight. But uh, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Like, honestly, the first run of the week, you know, just spending some time in there with people, just looking for whatever little bungee things you can find. It, yeah, I, I like this <laughs> activity. It's, it's fun. Rob, what about you? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, totally. Same thing. I've I've been enjoying just, you know, going off in weird little tangents and like, oh, here's a weird hole. Let's see what's down here. And sure enough, there's like a chest or something. And so it's 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 much 
I would say much more engaging in terms of like exploration. Um, and kind of once you get the feel of like the layout of the map, uh, if you're if you're there just to kind of like grind through uh, the activity just to like finish the, you know, light the beacons, if you will, and, and finish it out. It's not that it's not that bad. Um, and then uh, but it certainly is it's fun to explore. And yeah, once you get the ability and like more more paths open up, that's why I'm excited to also get the safe passage, assuming next week that we get it. Um, I'm excited to start exploring even more and and kind of going back to those two prior locations and seeing like what stuff we missed and and how much how much more the land kind of expands once you have these abilities unlocked. So it, it should be kind of exciting. For sure. For sure. So my only I have a small complaint about this activity. It's not a huge deal. And I'm sure some people actually like this. I feel like when you're defending the beacons, maybe I'm the only one that thinks this, but it takes a long time. Yeah. There are like a lot of enemies. I think, you know, it feels like a hundred enemies to progress. Like every enemy is like a percentage point. And right. it does feel a little lengthy. And I feel like if they're going to do that, I wish there was an extra element to that. Like maybe if they got on the beacon, like you have to like actually defend the beacon. You know what I mean? Instead yeah. Instead of just healing waves. I, I kind of thought that the first time I was like, oh, do I need to stand by it and kind of mm -hmm. hold off? And it's like, maybe like, yeah, it like it would maybe it was like if you kind of stood there and nursed the beacon, so to speak, that it would maybe like progress it faster. Um, but as it stands, like, yeah, you can just kind of like start having the enemies come and then just kind of stand somewhere and and start nuking them as they come. Um, and I, I would either. So I, I I don't disagree with you. I think it's a little kind of like yeah, there's a lot of enemies. I wish that they spawned faster um, and or, uh, you know, actually had them kind of be maybe like tougher enemies or something. So you and less of them uh, so that you kind of felt like there was a little bit of a challenge because, yeah, as it stands, you just you set it and then go run to a corner and then just kind of pick them off as they spawn. And it just kind of feels like you're going through their motions. Um, yeah. sure, I like that sure. there's a champion in there. Uh, but most of the time it's like pretty like inconsequential that you can just destroy him uh, and then just kind of keep going. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah as, as if champions aren't in like a nightfall or something, you can pretty much nuke them with whatever you, whatever heavy, heavy weapon you have on you. Exactly. Lament will kill an unstoppable or overload pretty easily. Same right. as a barrier. Right. You don't even need, yeah, like the, the barrier mod for it or the champion mod for it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh. Um, so something I want to talk about before we talk about the new Deadeye title is um, the story, because this is connected to Shattered Realm a little bit. Mm -hmm. I feel like the story is really, really good this season. I'm, I'm very excited for where this is going to go, and I like that Shattered Realm is, feels like an actual story mission, more so than Expunge. And, you know, stuff is actually happening this time, which is neat. So um, looking at my notes here, one thing, all right, one thing I'll complain about is... Um, it's not so much a complaint. This is just another observation, I suppose. I'm not really following the sci-fi logistics of the whole wayfinding thing. Because sometimes they'll just like exposition dump about how wayfinding works and ley lines and stuff like that. I'm not following any of that. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, you're if, not alone. If, if you guys are even trying to follow that. I... <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, yeah, and like something about... Um... I'm sure there's some lore nerd if they're listening who's rolling their eyes right now. But yeah, something about how um, 
if we if we connect more of those ley lines, it makes it just as easy for uh, Zivu or Rath to find us as it is to find him or her or them. Uh, and yeah, I'm not. I, you're not alone in the slight confusion of what the actual like mechanism is. I agree. It's just like we're doing these things, and it it. I'm almost visualizing it as more like strings connecting to find the path to get to the enemy. That's like what I'm yeah. interpreting as. But I get that. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure if that's accurate. <laughs> Neither am I. Let's just go with it. Right. I'll be corrected later. So, one thing I will bring up. Here's my crazy tinfoil hat theory. I think it is a possibility that Savathun will become an ally, just like Keitel and Mithrax. Okay. My evidence for this is that, number one, um, in which queen, right, we're getting her throne world as a destination. If, um, if this is all about the witch queen, I don't know how throne worlds work exactly. I'd have to brush up. But her throne world would probably have to exist post-campaign. And I don't know if her throne world disappears if she dies. And I don't know if they would kill her off in witch queen anyways. So it's possible that she survives Witch Queen, which is number one, why she might stick around. Number two, um, I mentioned this, we've made allies with Fallen and Cabal before. The, there's evidence in a very early lore book called Books of Sorrow. It was in Destiny 1. And there's evidence that Savathun doesn't actually believe in this Ord logic. It's something that, that's been talked about before. And for those who don't know, the sword logic is like the hives of religion, where it's like if you kill something that's like the equivalent of, of love and they're trying to progress the universe to its final shape. And there's evidence that Savathun doesn't actually believe in it anyways. So I, I don't know. I feel like it would be very interesting and possible that Savathun would become an ally. So are you talking about in the Witch Queen? That 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 she would become an ally queen. or post witch queen yeah so so you think that the story arc of the witch queen will be sort of converting her to an ally possibly okay so you think like because I, I i like this theory um so you're kind of thinking that maybe it starts off that it starts off yeah we're gonna like try and kill her but then we realize or compromise or something and we end up with south on our side and do you think that her her vested goal is the destruction of the darkness as well? I think so. And okay. I know there was, there was a lot of gaslighting going on in that original um, cutscene where she is like, "Oh no, it's not a bit like I didn't cause all these problems. I helped you and whatnot." Right. Um, however, she did make a good point in the sense that interference. You know, when she was trying to like interrupt us with the darkness she's saying trying to quote-unquote protect us right. it does kind of make sense in the sense that something else is controlling zivu wrath we know that now so it's possible that she does want to fight the darkness i don't know i i think it's it's certainly possible like and you could argue like hey she's like lied and deceived us before but maybe that's just because she has her worm because she has to to like feed it and that's the only okay. way she she can so maybe once the worm is gone, she won't have to do that anymore. If that makes sense. 
Mm, yeah, I get you. Yeah. Interesting. So maybe so yeah, like maybe that's the only reason she does what she does is because she's forced to to survive until the worm's gone. Okay. And maybe once we get the worm gone, then, like, of course, our gut reaction is going to be, all right, let's kill her. But then maybe we're not supposed to. Maybe we shouldn't. Yeah. Okay. I promise I'm not out of it. No, no, no. <laughs> I knew it all along. No, I, well, so, okay, so the fact that we have to have this conversation uh, really is kind of a testament to the direction that the, the overall, like, narrative of the entire, like, universe is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's very interesting where it's like, yeah, every everything is like not even close to being black and white. And and, you know, the, the concept of like just good and evil is clearly like we're we're way past that point. Um, and that, you know, the the conversation needs to be a little deeper and, and more involved than that. And I think that that's kind of an interesting uh, place to be at in in the game, um, because it's going to make for, yeah, interesting conversations and theories of. You know who's who's evil, who isn't, and and you know who can we actually rely on in terms of allies and and like, you know how how bad is the darkness really if someone like like Savathun is like trying to potentially distance themselves from it? So yeah, uh, that's true. It's it's interesting and really cool, and yeah, I'm excited to see, you know, having these conversations a year from now or six months from now, and just kind of like where everything's at. Absolutely. And another thing you just I just thought of now that you mentioned uh, she's trying to distance herself from the darkness. It is interesting because, you know, you'd think maybe Savathun would go for darkness powers to give her hive brood, but she went for light powers, which is interesting. Right. That's what makes her even more worrying to me, you know, because when you have like someone in a like an archetype in a story, right? Something that is intrinsically good or intrinsically bad. That's easy to understand and like try to comprehend even like their motivation coming from their side. Cause like, you know, two sides in one war, they both have their, their opinions and they do things because they believe in something and that's it. You know, they think the other person's wrong, whatever. But I think Sabaton is more like, like what she said about the line and being in the middle and, you know, looking up and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like she's this chaotic thing that will take advantage of either side to get what she wants. Right. So, so in my in my mind that's make that makes her even like like kind of like the Joker, you know, kind of character. So like what she looks is like what she wants regardless of which side she has to stand on for that period of time to achieve. And that's actually like quite concerning. And no you're totally right. Um Referencing that line you were talking about, who was she actually referring to again when I was a little confused when she's like, oh, stand on the line between light and dark and look up. Matthew's been watching it the whole time. I've seen theories of people thinking that it's um, maybe the actual like the nine. Um, Oh, because I I guess like if you if you stand in that room uh, and you kind of stand in a certain way and look up, then it looks like one of the symbols of the nine. Um, Okay. So I, I just sort of interpreted it as like, you know, you, we, we think all of these things and we've been blind. I thought like when she said look up, I thought she just meant like in general, like looking up at the traveler um, and tr- like kind of really like internally asking yourself like, you know, what? It, yeah, we, we possess what we call the light, but is it actually good? Um, 
and you know good in the sense of like you know morally good or something like that like how do you want to like break down the concept of like good versus evil um mm. that that was kind of what i interpreted as just kind of a blanket statement of like yeah we've been kind of we've been following the traveler just because we don't really know anything else and we think we're pushing back the darkness uh, or evil but every time that we've had an interaction with the darkness like at the end of shadow keep um they're just they're always trying to offer like the truth or salvation uh you know so it's like you know who's who like what's what's really what's real man i think that's that that's what i interpreted as but i think it could be something more of like your like uh yeah it's, it's supposed to be the nine or something like that like they're kind of pulling the strings or something like that so actually talking about that if you go to where she's you know standing in her stasis shell right now it's in one of the open like doors that you can see and there's three of them if you look at the one on one side, there's actually uh, one of those giant eggs that we used to shoot with the Wish Ender. I don't know if you've guys seen that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. On the other side, there's nothing yet. But I'm assuming maybe those doors will open eventually. I don't know, but I think the egg has to do with something, you know, like, because everybody always was saying, like, you know, Mara kept something or, or she's hiding something from us, which obviously I think she is. And... One other thing that I, I've been, you know, hearing a lot is like, well, how can we just blindingly trust her? Are we or, you know, so enamored by her that we just do whatever she says, even though we literally just realized that Sabathun um, came back as Osiris and now we have Mara come back and we just blindly believe that she is Mara because, you know, maybe she's not. Yeah, that's true. We've been kind of going off blind faith. Um, also, did she use stasis to freeze Savathun? Like, because uh, that also <laughs> kind of like weirded me out a question. little bit. Like, yeah, I, I the point is like all of these things are just kind of like, uh, what is going on? Uh, and I, to be honest, sometimes I feel like we're a little bit of a of a pawn in like a bigger game, which like we're just kind of going through the motions and and being kind of like for lack of a better term, like the errand boy uh, in certain activities. And it's like these these other players are kind of making and calling the shots, which kind of yep. sucks because it's like we're just kind of being subjected to to doing all the dirty work. But that's I mean, like, that's the point of a video game like this, where it's like <laughs> you're you're the one going through the action of everything. But it is it is kind of interesting of like who's deceiving who, what's actually going on, who's actually a hive god hiding in a person's body like <laughs> All of this stuff is is very interesting, and uh, uh, you know I, I'm intrigued to see where it all where it all goes because it, it's like around every corner, like, well, I didn't see that coming. That's kind of neat. So, mm -hmm. speaking of which, uh, speaking of hive gods being in people's bodies, um, we only really thought. It seemed like the general consensus was we only really considered Osiris being a potential Savathun character come season of the splicer but he's been something since season of the hunt and right. if you go back to stuff like chosen and rewatch some of those cutscenes, i have a couple of like recorded on my playstation um there's some stuff i didn't pick up on uh crow and osiris are talking about something and osiris says he's not gonna tell zavala something i forget what it was and crow got kind of like confused and offended he's like we're not gonna tell the commander and osiris is like it's fine and i didn't really catch that because right. it, it seemed like something osiris would do actually yeah 
So here's a not to not to kind of side tangent, but there's a a glaring issue that I kind of have because, yeah, I would really like to be able to go back and watch those cutscenes just like in game. Mm -hmm. We don't really have a way of doing that. And I agree with you because it'd be kind of fun to go back and watch some of those and see like, oh, yeah, the the, the pieces have been have been moving and, and the gears have been turning. Yeah, since since season of the hunt. But we haven't really. Like. I don't know, like it's it's hard to go back and like see some of that stuff and, and put two and two together and be like, oh, well, this makes sense now. And that's yeah. that's just kind of one of those things like, again, this is like a side tangent, but it's like. It'd be nice to be able to go back and watch cutscenes explicitly for that, or or go back and see like the dialogue stuff that occurred like at the helm. Absolutely. Um, because yeah, a lot of those yeah there are there are little tidbits here and there that are like kind of Im have implications uh, to much kind of more important things, and it's just really unfortunate that we don't have any way of going back and actually like experiencing those because that's some of those little you know details are what really make it all very very interesting. Hundred percent agree, especially in nowadays with in-game storytelling being as prominent as it is compared right. to previous seasons. It, it's definitely important. So right. It's disappointing. Anyways, yeah. um, how about weapon perks? So there's been a lot of new new perks like Harmony and Adagio, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Robbie, what's one that's, that you've been particularly fond of? Honestly, that Volpecula has been insanely fun with that new headstone. Yes, I, I really, really enjoy that that gun. Uh, there's a few perks I use on it. I have a really good double perk roll with uh, headstone and Daggio, which is one I've enjoyed on other things like auto rifles and uh, yeah, several of them. I think uh, that instant switch to like a different archetype is kind of interesting. Makes the guns feel, you know, I don't know, not nothing like anything else before, because they they might switch from here to there. And actually, it's funny because it switches when you get a few kills, or one, rather one kill. So it's been good. I think the new perks are really nice. They're they're not like overpowered, but they're not also you know that bad. Like for example, adrenaline junkie. Nobody used it, and nobody really likes it, even though it gives the most percentage of extra damage you can get. Oh really? I'm, yeah, I'm I'm one of the only crazy ones that actually like this new judgment, well, new reprised judgment hand cannon that dropping from prophecy. Mm -hmm. I got one with a demolitionist adrenaline junkie, and most people would just scrap the thing, you know, but my builds on my warlock are most of the times based on discipline. So grenades for me are, you know, <laughs> my bread and butter. So that thing worked great for me. I, I love it. But I, I see sure. how most people really just don't use Adrenaline Junkie. And I think some of them might go that route in this season because some of them are really not that easily understandable or easily paired with something else. Or They, they really have to fit your playstyle in order for them to be quite successful. But I think the guns feel great. I think the models are also really nice. Yeah, they look cool. I would fully agree. They They feel... For some reason, they remind me of Season of the Opulence, opulence weapons. I'm not really sure why, but they do. But you with like an like, awoken touch to them. You just like, like the aesthetic of them? or Yeah, yeah, yeah just visually not. Okay. Sure. Rob, what about you? Any um, perks that stand out to you? Yeah, so I, I echo what Robbie just said about Headstone. Um, I have been... Uh, I know that 
the topic of shatter dive is always a hot um pun intended topic <laughs> um and uh but i for doing like pve activities and like last night i was playing some gambit and i have a, a Vul vulpecula with headstone outlaw uh and i've been doing some some kind of fun where it's like you get a headshot on like a small little enemy and then you create that headstone and then you go over and shatter dive and a it gives you grenade energy if you've got the the um the one aspect or whatever the fragment yeah the fragment. I, i'll never remember which one was on that. <laughs> um but uh yeah so like i'll i'll do that and then it's a good way to kind of just clear a wave of enemies with like a couple shots of a hand cannon so it's a great little like ad clearing device um so i have a lot of fun with it in that aspect it's also kind of fun too sometimes if you're getting like swarmed with enemies you can just headshot like a thrall and it creates this little wall and it gives you enough time to like reload a weapon while it kind of like diverges enemies around so it's just like kind of it's just a neat thing to do uh to kind of just like oh this this adds an interesting element to gameplay and how i approach certain interactions um i haven't done anything like taken into like master lost sectors or done like nightfalls with it uh, but definitely, like, it has utility in a lot of different ways. I haven't, and, and I will say, I haven't seen anyone, like, abuse it in PvP yet, where, like, someone gets headshot, it creates that, and then they go and shatter dive and clear a bunch of other people out. Like, like that that kind of, like, theoretical kind of BS uh, play I haven't seen occur yet. So, you know, hopefully that's good. Yeah. Um, and then, also, Robbie, to kind of uh, talk about what you were mentioning, the uh, Adiago or Adiago, uh adagio, adagio. I'll, I'll, <laughs> someday i'll get it uh Robbie gets so much entertainment out i know of this. i know I, <laughs> I so i have a side story i went to a there's an italian restaurant that i used to go to and uh it was it was owned by three uh brothers from italy and they would make you pronounce the dishes uh like correctly and they <laughs> they wouldn't they wouldn't take, take your order until you phonetically per like correctly pronounced it and it was so nightmare oh it's so fun because like you know and because they were kind of like teasing you about it after a while uh <laughs> and it was like fun you know they're like come on you can do it like and and you know and they'd like mouth it out to you and stuff so it was kind of fun so i i appreciate the uh the italian lesson robbie thank you um uh so i think it's an interesting perk and there's actually been uh, a couple interesting perks that that have come out. We kind of talked about them. Like in ensemble is another kind of like interesting kind of uh, almost like firing line in that sense where you like you get benefits from doing like team play activities. Um, I think we just we are still in this scenario where it something like rampage or kill clip is just so much easier to like to to trigger and to use and to have kind of consistently. Whereas like I will say the the adagio. Like once it's active, it throws you off on a hand cannon or a fusion rifle because it's like you're you're kind of used to a certain charge time. And then now it takes like way longer. And yeah, it does more damage. So it's like useful. Um, but it just kind of like it, it sucks that it's not uh, like it, it just it's it's weird. And I, I see a lot of people maybe being kind of weirded out by that because it, it throws off kind of the cadence that you might have when using that weapon, like to suddenly go from like 140 round per minute to 120 round per minute hand cannon it's like jarring. Um, yeah. So I think that's maybe why some people have, have kind of shied away from it. Um, but that being said, I like that they're, they're doing weird stuff like that, where it's like suddenly the, the weapons like, uh, like fire rate changes, but it also does more damage. So it's a damage dealing perk. It's just manifesting itself in a kind of a different way. So I like that they're experimenting. Um, 
I just until you until you do something about Kill Clip and Rampage, I don't think you'll ever get rid of like those as like the primary. Um, although I, I will say Frenzy is is making some headway in terms of like utility because people like using that. But some of the, some of the other perks like you'll never uh, you'll never see. Them. One thing I will say to just and then I'll, I'll kind of move on from this. I agree with you about Adrenaline Junkie that I think there's potential that it has. Um, but I think a lot of people just immediately dismantle it because it doesn't quite have the same uh, utility as something like, say, Swashbuckler, which I think was kind of the recommendation that people had where, like, it would be cool if it got, like, stacks up to five like Swashbuckler does. Um, but if you get a kill with a grenade, then it immediately goes to that times five stack and then yeah. kind of stays there. So, like, stuff like well, that. Where it's like that, though. Go on, go on, sorry. Well, no, but it's it's just like some, you know, it, I, I think it's because, again, because Swashbuckler has such a, a basic utility where it works very similar to Rampage. And I think until you kind of move away from that kind of fundamental design of damage dealing perks, uh, uh, un unless you do something about them, you're, those are always going to be the, the quote unquote best in class over something like Adagio. That's all. Yeah. Well, just to clarify that, uh, the Adrenaline Junkie procs on one kill. And it goes higher than the five stacks of, right. of, of Swashbuckler and stuff. Right. But one, I think Rampage gets to 25%. This one gets to 30% on one grenade kill. So right. It's actually easier to proc than, than some of the other ones. Right. But, but Swashbuckler has the, the beauty of even if you don't get a melee kill, you can start building up stacks of it With and keeping gun. it going. Yeah. And that's, that, I think, is kind of the main thing where it's like, it, they should it, have done the same. You're, you're right. Like give you stacks, but use also with the gun. So build right. perks of adrenaline junkie also with the gun instead of just the grenade. Yeah, right. that, that would have been more comparable. I agree. Because I, I uh, think sometimes, sometimes you like the grenade just doesn't quite finish off the enemy, and it's just like, well, you know, now I can't use the damage dealing perk aspect of this until I get another grenade. And I think that's the that's the part that I think is kind of like a. It, it has a high risk, high reward sort of aspect to it. Mm. So, but and uh, talking about headstone for a moment here again, I did a DSC run because I needed powerfuls, and it's been a while. Honestly, I, I've done a DSC run, and we were on that room, you know, the chaotic room where everybody does just chaos mode and stuff. And right. we had like a few people running those headstone hand cannons, including myself. We had to take them off. Because the guy who was suppressing couldn't suppress because the room was just so full of glaciers everywhere oh. that it became <laughs> insanely annoying. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the one time that everybody was like, okay, yeah, yeah maybe not here, maybe, yeah. maybe somewhere else. And then um, to tie this into the story, uh, we were joking about this, and uh, this is going to be a weird thing to say, but uh, you mentioned it, how uh, Mara froze Sabaton into this uh, glacier statue, right? Right. So I think we as the Guardian are like, oh, that looks neat. Let me do that too, but with a drag, because I'm not that powerful. So now we're just making little people statues here and there everywhere around the universe. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the explanation for it. I like it. You're going to have a little wax museum of stasis people. Every boss we kill is just going to be a statue. It reminded me of the... Uh, yeah, exactly. The tribute hall thing. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to have stasis <laughs> trophies of people. Yeah, this was a cabal, and this was, a, you know... <laughs> but um, <laughs> it reminded me of how it feels to use that... Oh, my God, I always forget the name. I'm sorry. That that trace rifle that turns people's souls into purple balls. 
Ruinous effigy. Ruinous effigy, right. So it's basically the same kind of concept. Like we're just turning people into glaciers instead. And, and we went from guns yeah. to balls to glaciers. Yeah, just the, the philosophical connotations of that con are, are a bit um, interesting. <laughs> I <laughs> dig it. It's funny. All right, so we'll really quickly, let's touch on um, the new three exotics. The uh, Radiant Dance Machines obviously was broken. And then the other two things, I don't play Titan or Warlock. What were the other two? Uh, nothing Manacles no. and no backup plan. Gotcha, gotcha. I no, no, nothing no Manacles. Nothing Manacles uh gives tracking to your uh what's the grenade where it splits into a bunch of scatter, tiny little scatter, scatter grenade. grenade and it gives you a second scatter grenade um yeah. which is actually pretty similar to how it worked in D1 although I will say in D1 I think it it actually it gave more uh little scatter balls when it broke up uh let me let me verify that um and then no backup plans kind of gives you the ultimate aping ability where if you get a shotgun kill and you're uh, melee energy is full. It consumes your melee stack, uh, and then gives you the overshield, and then kills with your shotgun. Re- uh, recharge your melee. So, all right. So nice, a nice little gameplay loop on that. On paper, that sounds like a nightmare to play against. Right. Is mm-hmm. that how bad is that? Is it as bad as I'm picturing in my head right now? For someone who's really good at Titan and the chaperone, yeah. Like, I've yeah. seen people in destroy with that thing, especially when they're running the bubble super in Iron Banner. I've actually even seen stack teams of, like, six uh, Titans, you know, dropping bubbles here and there and just shotgunning people down, uh, which, uh, it, it looks fun. It's insane. I don't know. I, I think it's more, more people won't probably use it forever, uh, which is good. But uh, I, I think it's, it's a nice exotic for them like i guess it doesn't really hurt that much like unless they're really good with the shotgun anyway you know you don't get the benefits from it all the time so and they have to have the melee charged which a lot of titans don't really spec into strength anyway so right it hasn't been as troublesome um talking about the warlock ones since you know i'm a warlock main even before they came out, I was theorizing that that was going to be the new meta for Atheon damage, because we've been using that, that chest piece that gives you two solar grenades, the, the ones that stick to Atheon and right. to do damage on him, right? So if we actually got two of them, the, those scatter grenades uh, and the Nova bomb, we could actually do more damage on Atheon as a Warlock if you didn't have to run a well. Right. But the problem with those, and I don't know if they're broken or or that's how they're supposed to work or what's going on, but those little scatterballs, they're really dumb, and they will literally bump into each other. Yep. And destroy all of them except one, like the yep. winning the winning scatterball that survived itself and goes and tracks whatever is close to it. So for now, it's not really useful. It's definitely not worth it. Because you can land the, the scatter grenade as you used to, and yeah, it will do the damage if you get kind of like a direct hit, but the tracking is completely broken because they just bump into each other and destroy themselves. So I think they either have to fix that or do something else, because for now, uh, the two scatters, that's basically the only real benefit you get, because the tracking, which would right. be 
They're really, really cool thing. And again, test that out on 218 or something. That would be great. Uh, it's not it's not working right now. Um, yeah, I've I've watched a couple of YouTube videos of people kind of playing around with them. And yeah, most of the time, a bunch of them will collide into each other and then not do any damage because they've like both absorbed their own gravitational pull, whatever that explanation is. Um, so that I, 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 they have to be bugged because that there's no way that that's like the intended design form because they're basically pretty worthless. Um, but I could see it being very, very helpful for like middle tree. Uh, if you want to have two handheld supernovas, like on demand, no, uh, it only those scatter, it only does two scatter grenades. Yeah. But can't you, nope. can't you hold? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. So if you want to hold it and do handheld right. supernova or if uh, you're playing, yeah, a yeah. or if you're playing a devour lock, that way you've got two chances to, to, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's useful to have both of them that's what i'm saying like it right. is useful to have uh two grenades especially again like me that i really really spec into some grenade builds for solo content right but i think the, yeah the, the only issue with them not being useful in general is the tracking because if the tracking was there like i think the the point is that they just shouldn't kill each other the little balls I, they should I just agree. go together and then explode somewhere because right. uh, so so far, the only thing it gives you is yeah, two grenades, and there, there's a lot of things that you can do that uh, with. Uh, with that, actually, you can do with that. Uh, so yeah, as long as you're landing your scatter grenade shots like you were used to before, it works great. Yep. But, uh, so the only problem with that, yeah, is the tracking, and that's kind of like the the whole point of them, though. Because yeah, having two grenades is nice. But there's so many other exotics that are better when you're right. running Devour or, or you know. So that's, yeah, it's, it's in that point where it's like not that useful enough to be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to run this like a lot and uh, not useless enough so that I can actually complain about him. Yeah. And I, I will say, I, so I also wanted to just clarify too, because I want to make sure we're accurate. Uh, so nothing manacles in Destiny 1 did the exact same thing. So they enabled tracking for scatter grenades and you hold an extra scatter grenade charge. So they didn't change it at all from, from Destiny 1. Oh, okay. So it's exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. And then uh, last exotic. I don't even think we need to talk about this, but uh, Radiant Dance Machines. Yeah, which, <laughs> yeah, which was, was funny to watch videos uh, of people just abusing the heck out of it in PvP <laughs> and getting like half of their super in the span of like 20 seconds. Uh, yeah. And it's like, come on. Like, how... I, how could that not have been known to be uh, yeah. an issue? Which was Honestly. which was funny to see, but I also saw a couple of videos of people like trolling, where they'd have the uh, you know dodging slows enemies nearby, and you just constantly keep someone in a state of freeze just to mess with them. It's <laughs> uh, like just super trolly kind of stuff like that, and it's like, oh, you know, you hate to see stuff like because it's like it just it just like I could see someone new coming into the game and then just playing against something like that and just being like completely helpless <laughs> and like, and then they just uninstall the game after that. They're like, well, that wasn't fun. Uh, uh, so yeah, it's just it's, sad. Cause like it's stuff like that. Like you were saying, it's like, how did they not know that was a problem? I, right. th they could not have play tested it then. Like, how did you not realize? Right. How did you make that play test it and be like, no, there's no issue. It's just right. the decision, though. I think, oh, well, here's where I come from here. Like, the, the whole system is set up that we can actually make interesting builds like those, right? They're as broken as they might be. That's the fun part about Destiny, that you can actually make them. 
And I think they just expect it because I don't know if you use them. So you have to dodge like really close to an enemy or, or you don't get another dodge. If you're like remotely far away from them, you just have the whatever one or two dodges you already had before. So I guess they expected you to dodge maybe once or twice and then actually kill something. They didn't expect you to just like <laughs> dodge forever. So that's more like a player decision rather than a design decision. So I yeah, I, I can see. But okay. at the same time, the, the, the boots from from last season for the Hunters were also insanely broken. And I think the problem with them is that they have, like, I mean, Golden Gun is so powerful in PvP, in PvE, you know. So they have, like, these insta-kill supers and stuff. So whatever they can get as, as fun exotics, they either become kind of useless because they're very situational, or they run the risk of becoming really overpowered. Right. Um, I get that. So I think, yeah, getting that, uh, you know, fine line for them is, is kind of hard. But yeah, I just, yeah, I guess no one expected people to ju just dodge 20 times around someone and someone not be able to kill you while you're, you know, climbing yeah, but they, around. They, they have an ability on stasis where if you dodge near someone, it slows them. And no one thought like, oh, I could just get all of the dodges out of this and milk it when there is a, a mod that gives you super energy when you dodge near an enemy. Like there, someone had in the playtesting had to have realized that that was going to stack. And and the fact that you can do it behind a wall, like that that's like the worst part of it. And that's where it's like, yeah, if you had to have like line of sight, then yeah, I could see it being like, okay, it's much more of like a risk reward kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you can do it behind a wall and not even be in harm's way and get half your super, like. Like someone had to have known and just said like, well, it's not going to happen very often. And then you watch YouTube videos of some of these like higher end PVP players and like they're able to get their super or half their super in in the span of, you know, like I said, 15 seconds or 30 seconds. It's like, come on. Yeah, I see. I see where both you guys are coming from. It's just. You know, I, I it's just another example of the distinct lack of interest or effort in the PVP side of the game that's right. been existent since like the game's inception that's right. just they just don't I think they just care enough. build them for pve yeah exactly they, they think about these crazy fun ideas and we touched about that last episode and you know they go on this fantasy of you know you killing aliens and stuff and fun ways to do it but then when it comes to those pvp guys that will you know realize oh i can build this build with it and uh, break everything yeah that's uh well but in, in a in a way like i i can't blame them uh why would you be playing it so safe I, i'm okay with it being fun for a couple of weeks and then they'll figure out how to nerf it a little bit enough so that everybody's kind of okay yeah yeah but is, does, but is a couple of the warlock ones but is a couple of weeks too long because there might be those people that are like, oh, maybe this is the season I'm going to come back. And then they go in and they play some Crucible and some guy is either just completely trolling them by constantly freezing them or someone gets their super a minute into the match. And you're just like, OK, well, this game is still incredibly unbalanced. I'm going to bounce because like that's how it gets delivered day one, because that's that's when you get the most engagement is right. That first week, it seems like because the servers are always a little like kind of full and, and funky. Mm -hmm. So I, I assume that's when you get the most kind of like return people 
that are going to like, okay, well, maybe this is the season. I'll give it another shot. And then it's like something like that comes out. And it's like, I don't feel like getting trolled for two weeks to wait for them to fix this. I'm going to go back to playing whatever other game I'm going to play. And that's that's the part where it's like unfortunate, where it's like, and I I, I understand that the game development is hard and that we're it's easy to 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 complain and 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 poke holes in it um but it's like something like that where it's like why 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 would you make a a, a super or a, an exotic that allows you to dodge six times and then have all of these mod slots that give you benefits from using your dodge like you could put bomber on or you could put yeah the one that gives you super energy and it's like like they there had to have been that thought process and it just like like you're saying scotty where it's like that that lack of consideration for pvp feels like this is in one of those instances where it's like well we'll just deal with it if it becomes an issue and it's like day one people figure out they could get half their super 30 um, seconds into a match and it's like let me, let me play devil's advocate for a second here and then i have something to add from bungie themselves oh, yeah. okay so I think first week I didn't see them that often, honestly. I think most people were not even brave enough to go into a legend lost sector yet. So it kind of time gates people from them for sure. I guess not so much anymore because now it's only 10 levels instead of the, what was it? 50, 60 levels that we used to have to climb up. So right. most people couldn't get them straight away. Now, uh, some people do get them straight away. But then I think what happens is that, yeah, the first week, maybe you don't see them that often. Then the second week, you see them a lot, which was when they were disabled, and, and that's, that's it. And then, um, and then afterwards, yeah, it's, it's fun for a while. And then I'm pretty sure that those people who actually, you know, take PvP seriously will don't use them anyway. You know, they'll go back to whatever was better than that. So it's fun for a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what the answer would be, like, maybe just literally don't let the new exotics into pvp for the first couple weeks or something which might be a bit of a pity also but uh, yeah i think they're not gonna last it's like fun for now because it's you know the new toy we all get we all want to try but then most of us like myself i'm gonna go into crucible and try to dodge around someone and i'm just gonna get you know a shotgun to the face uh, straight away and get one dodge in and that's it so. Unless you threw a wall. <laughs> so, right, uh, what's your piece, Scotty? This is from the most recent TWAB, and this is a quote from Bungie, which is pretty much confirming that they that their design theory and balancing uh, theory. This is about Lorenz Driver, and the first sentence they say is from the weapons design team. They say, typically, when we make an exotic, we start from the position that its gameplay fantasy should work in all game modes, and then dial it back from there as needed which sounds to me like let's design this for PVE and make it super fun. And if it's broken, then we'll fix it later. And I don't know how to feel about that, but they more or less came out and said that. Well, I mean, and stasis is another perfect example of that. Like exactly super fun in PVE. But the, the, I remember like as soon as beyond light came out and I, I got like the stasis subclass, for my hunter, I was like, okay, well, let's see how this goes in Crucible. And like, yeah, getting frozen every 20 seconds was like, this has to, like, there's no way. There's no way they tested it. It was yeah, that bad. <laughs> that, that, and that that's how it feels. And and yeah, maybe, and, and yeah, if this is the mentality or the, the design intent where it's like, yeah, we know that you can make a pretty quick and dirty build that allows you 
to circumvent the super process and get half of it in in the first 30 seconds of a match like yeah maybe they were like okay well that's fine we'll we'll deal with it later down the road because because that might be one of those things where it's like changing how that mod works uh might be a little involved and it's not just as simple as like changing how frequently it activates or something like that but you know we the way the way dodge has existed in destiny 2 you're never supposed to be able to dodge six times in rapid succession and so yeah it it makes sense that it's like yeah there's probably certain things that they have to like rework how that mod works uh yeah, in order to make that work and, and is it worth is it worth delaying the release of the exotic or the release of the the next season because they're trying to fix one bug yeah there's probably a a, a lost kind of cost that makes sense at a certain point it's like let's just get the season out and we'll fix it like we already have an idea of how we should fix it and 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 that's kind of the same thing with this where it's like yeah we know this whole like tracking people through walls is kind of not really good for pvp because we're trying to get rid of wall hack cheaters in the game and then we're going to give you a weapon that gives you that ability like yeah i i <laughs> I, I get why uh you know that's a good point um uh, but it just it just really sucks because it's like and I, there could be a, this could be a small population, but I imagine that there are some people that every every few months they're like, well, let's give the new season a try. And then they come in and then like they don't want to play PvP because they're just completely alienated by whatever flavor of the month is and whatever kind of like cheesy tactic, albeit, you know, dodging a bunch of times to get your super or having wall hacks or like. Like, I just, you know, because like, that's that's the reason they reworked like one eyed uh, mask or, you know, things like that, because the whole wall hack mentality, like, I'm still surprised Middle Tree uh, Night Stalker still has wall hacks like, but that's kind of like baked into the design of that that subclass. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it just like stuff like that, I could see being like alienated to some people where it's like, well, I didn't like PVP before. I certainly don't like it now. I'm I'm not coming back here for a while. And maybe I'll give Witch Queen a, a try. And it's like, that's kind of the unfortunate part. So like, mm. I, I get it. Cause at a certain point, like you, you just have to, you have to release it out in the wild and then rework it. Like once it's out there, um, because you know, lo and behold, maybe no one did end up abusing it. And it, and radiant dance machines was kind of just fine the way it was, but like, there's, there's always going to be those edge cases where some guy's going to be, be incredibly good at it. And yeah. And then I, just I kind of that. ruin it for everyone else. That's all. I just don't know what would be the best way to do it, though, because you can either do like they think, you know, is there, is their way of doing it, so release it as how we think it was supposed to be and fun and everything, if whatever PBE um, fantasy they had, and then, yeah, it broke something. Okay, let's tune it down until we get it to where we think it's going to be right, or do the opposite, which was kind of what happened with the Vex Mythoclass, right, which was completely underwhelming, nobody used it, and then they buffed it up, and now now it's so prevalent everywhere. So I think it would have been a bit worse. Even imagine if they would have been like not that good, but then in in a month or two they're like, oh, this was like so underused that we gave it a buff, and then that's when you know the whole crucible goes insane, and they already right. buffed it. So it's not like the, it's not so easy to be like, okay, we made a mistake with the buff because I think it's easier to give something a nerf and tune it down when they see a problem with it than it is to we buff it and then we nerf it and then we you know that's so, fair that's fair except my, as a non-game developer i don't understand why they can't just balance the sandboxes separately 
Well, they did talk about that one time, and it's because they don't want you to feel like your guardian is like two different people, and your guns are two different guns, and your armor is, you know, like they want you to be you, whatever you're doing in the game. I don't so, know how to feel about that, considering they're two very different game modes. And so I feel like you should feel like two different people, even. I mean, the game just doesn't, it's hard to, you know, make that, make that work. I, yeah. I, I, I see what they're saying with like, oh, like, you know, because it's an RPG kind of thing and you want to feel like the same guardian that you are in a Nightfall as you are in Crucible. But I feel like the game would be a lot healthier if they just balanced it separately. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. Um, I just, I, yeah, I, think it's one of, it's, I think it's one of those non-negotiable, I don't think they're ever going to like budge from that. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they will either. Anyways, now that we've talked about Radiant Dance Machines for a while, <laughs> let's talk about the Witch Queen reveal. So yes. we already talked about this last week, um, but we're going to go back and talk about it more because it was kind of a big deal and there's some stuff to talk about. So Rob, you were talking about um, how they revealed that they are going to bring back a old raid from Destiny 1. Correct. They have not disclosed which one yet, but you were talking about how you were wondering which one to bring back, right? Like, right. you wanted to discuss, you know, should King's Fall come back, Wrath of the Machine, whatever. What do you think should come back? What would you want? All right, here's my question. Number yeah. one, what do you want to see come back? And number two, what do you think should come back, if those answers are different? Fair enough. So, because we're getting the Witch Queen, I think it seems pretty... Uh, my assumption is that we're going to get King's Fall back yeah. because that kind of seems thematically to make the most sense with this expansion. Um, although I will say, if you were going to ask me that same question at the beginning of Beyond Light, if they hadn't mentioned that they were going to bring Vault of Glass back and they just said we're going to reprise one of our raids because the, because the expansion... Beyond Light was kind of centered around the Fallen getting like darkness uh, or using the darkness as as a as a weapon. I kind of thought that maybe Wrath the Machine would have come back because it's like, oh, it's in the line with Fallen. Uh, and so my my instinct is to say that it will be King's Fall. I don't see Crota's End coming back, um, although I, I know a lot of people like it uh, and people kind of meme that it's like more of like a dungeon or a strike than anything. I think they actually um, were, were talking about bringing it back as a dungeon. I could be wrong. Yeah, but I, 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 and I actually think that that would be appropriate. Like, since we've already gone back to the moon, um, I think that that would be kind of a neat idea of of rework, like using the assets in the world and kind of the 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 throne world and all that in in Crota's End, um, but making it a dungeon where you have mechanics and elements that are sort of like in tribute to. Um, Crota's end and and ultimately have the boss fight be somewhat similar where you've got one person running sword and the other two people have to like take the shield down but like again it wouldn't just be like a a copy paste of those mechanics but it's like something in that vein where they have to take the shield down in some way and orchestrate with the sword runner like how to do damage um I I think that would be kind of an interesting thing to do and have even like the chalice of light be some kind of like tool that gets like cycled through it anyway um so I think King's Fall sort of makes the most sense uh, if 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 we are going to have kind of a hive heavy expansion. 
Um, but who knows if it comes back in one of the in one of the seasons, maybe one of those seasons is more themed around the fallen or something uh, or the idea like Siva comes back and, you know, insert whatever explanation that you want. Uh, mm. And then all of a sudden, big reveal that it's like King's Fall comes back. Um, I I so so all I'm getting at is the the TLDR of that is I would probably prefer Wrath of the Machine come back because just on a as, as a whole, I think I enjoy that raid more than King's Fall. But I wouldn't be disappointed if King's Fall or Crozen came back. Like honestly, I like all three raids. Um, I would be curious to see how they play in the Destiny Two sandbox. Uh, kind of in the same way that I was curious, like, you know, they oh, they introduced champions into Vault of Glass to kind of up the difficulty a little bit. I'm putting air quotes around difficulty. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, it 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 it, it kind of made sense. Certainly the mechanics that we had seven years ago for a raid are drastically different than what we have for mechanics in, say, something like Deepstone Crypt uh, or Garden of Salvation, like definitely the 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 design philosophy around how to do raid mechanics certainly has changed. And that's why I would say something like King's Fall or Wrath of the Machine is probably a little more mechanic heavy, uh, and I think would I think would be able to fit just fine in the landscape of D two, you know, with making a few subtle changes in the way that they did for Vault of Glass. So honestly, all three of them I'd be okay with. I think I'm leaning more towards I'd like to see Wrath of the Machine, but if I were to if I were to if you were to ask me to make a bet right now, I'd put it on King's Fall. That's the short answer. All right. Cool, cool. Sure. I um don't have anything to add because I played <laughs> Destiny One, but I didn't play um any of the raids. Robbie, I know you didn't play Destiny One at all, so no. Do you have anything to add? Oh <laughs> well, yeah, I mean the one thing I would say is that uh, when they brought Vault of Glass back, I saw a lot of people coming back and tell me, "Oh, I haven't played D two for like a long time. I was like you know hardcore D one player, and I saw that it was coming back, so I'm back in the game." And it was fun you know, to see these people, and, and they were like, oh, they changed this, they changed that, you didn't have to shoot this in order, you know, uh, all these little right. changes were, like, exciting for them. And for me as a new player, too, I, like, I didn't have that uh, previous, you know, experience, so for me it was all new. The one thing I have to say, and the only thing I guess I can add to the conversation as someone who didn't play the, the, those uh, raids before is that it came back as a free-to-play one, which I think is a good thing, the game should have those. And in a way, it does feel like that. It's like way easier uh, in terms of mechanics and, and several other things than DSC was. I think DSC was easy and then they buffed it. Actually, at the same time, around uh, Vault of Glass came back. And DSC now is actually a bit challenging for some people. So it's, it's fun to go back to DSC. And uh, I, I think it's a pity that that one didn't last the whole expansion because from what I understand, that's kind of what it used to happen. Like you have the one rate for the expansion and then something else here and there. And uh, my only issue with that is that, yeah, it's fine. Give everybody uh, like an introductory rate because it's a free-to-play. So it's like, here, try the game. Here's a rate that is not that hard. Uh, you know, go at it. I think the only issue for me is like the pinnacles. Like, I don't know why, but I feel like, you know, you should either get a choice in which raid you do first in the week to get your pinnacles, or don't put the pinnacles on the free-to-play one, which I know kind of sounds like gatekeepy, because, you know, it would alienate some free-to-play players from some pinnacles from the raid, but I feel like 
that those pinnacles belong elsewhere just because of the difficulty. Yeah. I well, so I feel like there's like two two things to kind of unpack with what you said because you're right that it, it it's unfortunate that Deepstone Crypt only got kind of two seasons of of being kind of the pinnacle. And I think a lot of people have not really gone back uh, since then, which is unfortunate because it's a cool raid. Uh, I think I think every raid that they've made has been interesting in some way that has introduced weird mechanics and and cool armor and weapons and and memorable things. So um, it's it's always unfortunate. I think part of and this is this is my interpretation. I could be dead wrong. I know a lot of people complained about uh, Shadowkeep. Uh, with Garden of Salvation being the only raid for the entire year to get pinnacle drops. Um, and that got kind of old pretty fast. Uh, the only kind of counter argument that I've also seen kind of along with that is uh, Garden of Salvation didn't have any heavy weapons to drop. So getting pinnacles from that was kind of a pain because you would never like, and it was very weighted towards energy weapons, I want to say. Um, so there wasn't that many kinetics. So it was kind of like not the best source of pinnacles for an entire year. Um, mm. But Deepstone Crypt doesn't have that problem because it's got it's got a heavy machine gun and it's got a sword. So there's and it's it's pretty balanced across all the different um, uh, weapon types and armor ultimately. So it's it's not nearly as bad uh, in terms of if you're if you're looking at it just from the perspective of using it as a tool to get pinnacle drops just to level up your character. Um, then Deepstone Crypt was pretty balanced. I will say Vault of Glass has, I think, more encounters overall, so you have more drops um, versus Deepstone Crypt. I think there's one additional one, so I think there's some some kind of niceness to that. Um, in terms of getting pinnacles for difficult like uh, content, I I I don't ever really have any opinion when it, well I have an opinion. Uh, I don't think pinnacle should be a reflection of difficult content because you can do the uh, the exo challenges, which are like a joke in terms of difficulty, and get a oh, pinnacle no, no, no. from that. Yeah, that's not. I, I guess I misworded. Um, what I meant is like uh, since there's the master version of of Vault of Glass, I guess yeah, I I, I didn't explain myself well. Like it would be fun if you had to do kind of both. Like, if you were to do Master because you wanted the time lost that Deepstone doesn't have, right. and then go to Deepstone because you want the Pinnacles in normal, because it doesn't have a Master mode. I see what you're saying. You know okay, what I mean? yeah, so, I... so that way it will balance out because of the difficulty. So uh, keep them time lost in, uh, in Vault of Glass, because it's already something to achieve for. And you can go in once a week, even if you want, and that's it. You know, get your time lost gone, uh, or get to the chest and, and buy a bunch of them or something. Right. And that's the one run you can do on, on either character. You know, you're not forced to do it three times a week, because you just want the, the chest. Right, exactly. And then, and then you will have a, a DSC for, for the pinnacle. So I thought that would be, like, you know, at least two raids that are actually relevant at the same time. Uh, that that's what I meant with the difficulty thing. Sorry, that's fair. But I so the 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 problem is though once they've kind of established the way that they you can loot that chest at the end of the raid, you really only need to go through master, like the one time, and then do each of those encounters one time, and then you never have to go back to vault of glass. 
Um, but as it stands right now, you never have to go back to Deep Stone Crypt because you're not getting pinnacles from it. So there's really no incentive. It's just kind of I think that's the fundamental problem with the way pinnacles are set up that, like you were saying, it should just be whatever the first raid you complete that week should be the pinnacles. And I know that's one of the things that they announced for uh, for Witch Queen is that they're going to have like a rotating kind of playlist, if you will, of, of per week of whatever the raid should be. Uh, to get pinnacles. So I think that that's kind of something that they're remedying. Uh, but so entirely a separate problem, but um, how I propose we fix this entire situation is uh, get rid of power level. Like, yeah, more or less completely because it's yeah. pointless at this point. Yeah. And I feel like that's another conversation for another time. It, it is. I just <laughs> to drop that. <laughs> no, you're, you're, not, you're not, not elaborate on it at all. No, you're you're not wrong. I mean, I think it's how how else do you though like because I think some people play this game to get that sense of like you know they see a number on their screen that's like a sense of progression. Yeah, and I, I get that. like I and I uh, to be honest, sometimes that's like the carrot that I'll chase where I'm like at least I know I'm making progress because I can see my power level go up uh, every week. Um, but then once you hit the cap, then it's like, well, then then it feels like you can actually enjoy the content. So that's I agree with you, because now it's like now I'm actually pursuing weapons uh, and not just like infusion fodder. Um, it's, so. it, I, like I'm never I've just accepted. I've just given up at this point. Like I'm never going to do Master Vault or Grandmaster Nightfall at any point soon because I don't care enough to grind. You know, powerful pinnacle drops. Right. Just like hmm. it, just, that's the different part. Like for example, I'm on the opposite side. I actually feel like I I need to get to no. It's what is it? One eighty eight levels of season pass, so I can be twenty above. Because that's the cap when you do the content, right? So oh, okay. if I go into master and I have twenty levels above on my on my artifact, suddenly it's easy, and then I can help you go through it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. So. <clears throat> So I think the level and the fact that the game works in that way, where like right now, like I went into Master Nightfalls and everybody's red for me. You know, you have to play a bit more carefully. Uh, whereas in like a month and a half, ask me again, and I'm just gonna, you know, mow through them in Master really quickly, or maybe not so quickly, but easier. And I think that's a, a nice thing about the game. Like it actually recognizes where you stand against the enemies that you're facing. So. Again, yeah, we can talk about this in depth some other time, but I right. I, I enjoy uh I guess some people don't. I can see why some people who have like definitely way less time than I do to sink into the game. But as a RPG, I I really feel like it's yeah, like you said, this is the carrot on the stick and I've been doing that for these two weeks, but if I if today or tomorrow I get the ten to thirty, that's gonna be like a huge satisfaction and that's that's why I put myself through all the pain and I think it feels, you know, just as good when you, when you actually achieve something like that. Yeah, I guess I the 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 one thing I'll kind of say to that I just I hate when at the end of the season you're at level you can take on master content pretty pretty comfortably. Like you said, you can kind of mow through enemies, which you know maybe that's not the best thing. It's like it'd be nice if master was always kind of the indication that dif- the content was difficult and not something that you could just over level yourself and then make it easy but i i do see your argument of like being able to help people i just i hate that like when the season ends and then the next one starts all of that progression is gone and now master content is difficult again 
for like a different reason. Like it's 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 not like they've changed the mechanics or changed the mods, although they have changed the like the, the champion mods. It's just like now it's just artificially difficult for another couple of weeks until I arbitrarily power level to, to the point that I can mow through them again. And I think that's the part that's annoying. It's like content that I could do. Now I have to wait and level up again in order to even kind of right. dare to touch it. Now that's the part that sucks. Is like but it's better now. It's better now. It used to be worse before, but now that it's only ten levels, I, I can still do. I did do master on the first week. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. Like it's it's easier to get right back into it. Yeah. It just that, but there's still that kind of struggle when there's like that ten or fifteen level gap. That's just kind of like, eh, you know, it's like now every lost sector takes. 15 minutes instead of maybe taking like six or seven minutes and when the grind associated with it is such a pain in the butt it it, it kind of just like you know what's what's your time worth to you and do you just want to sit there and grind for 10 hours on lost sectors when maybe it would only take you like three hours instead because you could mow through it easier at a higher level and that's where it's just kind of like annoying mm. so and just to you know finish this whole conversation and uh give you guys a little bit of advice. Uh, Vulpecula also actually means uh, little fox, and it's a constellation in the northern sky. So if you know you guys out there have been having trouble pronouncing that, just call it little fox. And uh, I, if you do, <laughs> I know, think I knew that. Look up at the sky. And <laughs> so, because so is everything kind of slightly themed around like house Based. of wolves type stuff or, or like dogs because like the bow is wolf tone draw oh that's a good point and canis major i think is a well, canis means dog yeah yeah, yeah. what yeah. about fractheus does that mean something no well we <laughs> actually looked into it earlier so the the vulpecula is uh it's an actual constellation like it exists right then some of and it's in latin by the way and some of the other ones also have like Latin names, and that one, the auto rifle, I, we what we gathered that it was a mix in between, um, what's what's his name, Chrysura Mela? No, wait, that one, something so, like that. That yeah. one doesn't mean anything. If you look that up, there's nothing <laughs> except the gun. It's just like a made up something or another. Right. And uh, then the other one, fractalized. Um, what we think is a mix between fractal and amethyst. Ah. Which would make sense for amethyst being a like purple's a very strong awoken color. So right, I so, like yeah. that theory. Okay, pretty cool. cool stuff. We've learned something today, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Robbie, for educating us. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's about all the time we have today. So. Thank you guys so much for listening, as usual. And thank you, Rob and Robbie, for coming on and talking with me. And uh, we'll see you guys all next week. Ciao. Bye. Questions, comments, or something else you want to say? Email us at eventideradio at gmail.com or get in touch with us at any of our Twitter handles, all of which can be found in our podcast description. <laughs>